W.E. Crew, Dan O'Mac, Big Kaz, Jaybird, Nick the Gooch, and your host, Brokowski. What up, what up, what up, what up? We are back with the bonus episode this week, and we have a very special guest on today. We have the man that's bringing it all together this weekend, doing their solo debut, Circle Six, coming to town, Jam Handy in Detroit, Gang Green. We got Mike G with us today. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. A little tired, but I'm sure the adrenaline's going to kick in once I get on a plane and leave L.A., Oh, I believe it, man. You guys got a hell of a weekend this week. You're here in Detroit on Friday. Then on Saturday, you guys are down in Cleveland, which is yep. just four hours away. So you got to make the back-to-back shows, people. This is this is a company that you have to come see. Thanks, man. Well, I've... Mike, let's get in a little bit about yourself, man. How did you find wrestling as a kid? Was it passed down through your family? Was it something you came across on TV? Yeah, so... Uh... You know, uh, my uh, my heritage is I'm Armenian, and my cousin who lived in uh, Iran at the time came to live in the U.S. with us. He was about 10, 15, 10, 12 years older than me, and uh, he was actually the one that introduced me to wrestling back probably like 91, I think, 90 or 91 or so, about three years old, and I got hooked on it ever since then. I mean, uh, you know, my mom just hated him for it, <laughs> and this is where I ended up. <laughs> well, we're so glad he made that connection with you. Well, what oh, were yeah. you? You grew up in the Monday Night Wars. Were you at WWE? Yeah. WCW? Uh, I was honestly uh, mega nerd status when I when the Monday Night Wars were happening. I had two TVs in my room. Uh, one was on WCW and one was on WWE. We were watching both. And uh, it was just, it was nonstop. I mean, I was, it would pester my parents all the time of if we were within a three to 400 mile radius of a show, it was, yo, let's go, dad, let's go, you know? And man, he would drive, he would take me to almost everything in the area, you know? It was like, that was it. It was always wrestling. Dude, you lived my dream. You have no clue how many times I tried to get my mom to give me two TVs in my room just for that reason. Flipping back and forth. All right, what? Decided yeah. which segment am I gonna watch? Who's on yep. now? Okay, like two TVs, that was perfect. Yeah. Who are some of your favorites? Uh, my favorite wrestler of all times always been Bret Hart. Yeah, uh, on the WWE end, so it was kind of no question. It was always Bret Hart. Uh, close second, I would say, was probably is. I don't know how many people, how many people's list this one's on, but uh, Jake the Snake was probably close second for me and then th- third would have been the undertaker wcw end uh i mean i was a huge rick flair fan uh huge sting fan um i would say probably you know i love the nwo 
and then kind of like 98 around with everyone else it tapered off for me i wasn't really into much much yeah. of what was going on but you know i love the chaos in wcw yeah that chaos was a couple of crazy cool matches yep. that uh they came up with out of there but um bret hart was one of your favorites now, were you ever aspiring to be a wrestler, or were you just going to go straight behind the scenes? How, how did that uh, work When I was a kid, I thought I could, I could be a wrestler. I was in yeah. sports. You know, I played basketball. Um, I was relatively athletic. Uh, and then uh, probably I was also a theater nerd, so I was on the tech side of things, too. I did sound and lighting and stage production and stuff like that uh, and video editing. So... I was kind of swinging both ways for a little while. And then um, I kind of realized I'm like, you know what? This probably just isn't for me, especially when I was younger. I mean, you really didn't see any like smaller guys wrestling, you know, so it didn't even seem logical for me. Uh, So I kind of, as I grew up, I kind of forgot about wrestling a little bit. I ended up in the music industry uh, and in film and TV. I was working there for a while doing video editing. Then I went into digital marketing and the pandemic was kind of what ended up getting me like I was a wrestling fan still through all of it. But the pandemic is what got me out of music and into pro wrestling. OK, now you say you're in uh, music. Were you behind the scenes uh, working the board yep. or were you actually in the band? No, I was uh, working for a few different labels uh, for a while. I worked for uh, Sumerian Records. Uh, after that, I worked for Century Media for a little bit when they when Sony acquired them. And then uh, after that, I ran my own uh, independent metal label for a little while that was uh, unsuccessful, to say, the, to say the least. So I don't even want to acknowledge it at this point and move on past it. But uh, we did have some good – we had a few successes, but it wasn't anything, anything crazy. Um, and then uh, through those connections in the music industry, in, record, in like working for these record labels, I had contacts in the merchandise game and a few other things, and I kind of segued that into, into the wrestling industry. Okay, okay. It's definitely a unique way to get in. Now, yeah. <laughs> when, did, when did Circle Six start to come about in your mind there? Uh, that was uh, late, late last year. You know, prior to any of this stuff, I was – so – I was uh, I was working with Nick Gage. I was doing all of his uh, merchandise for MDK all day. So I started yeah. that company with him. Um, I was working for GCW at the time. And then we, uh, I would say probably like, so it was, I think October when I was gone from GCW, it was what's going to be next? What are we going to do? Uh, I've always wanted to kind of run my own stories and run my own promotion and, and work with like-minded people. And uh, we kind of figured out a way, pulled the money together and, uh, you know, figured out making it happen. Then it it came together very chaotically and very quickly. <laughs> really? Cause, I mean, it, it seems like you guys got this shit down under wraps. I mean, you guys have had eight no. shows. <laughs> March. I mean, yeah. you guys have been cooking and everything you guys are putting out is just straight fire matches the storylines and it's pure greatness i absolutely love it i i love that everybody's enjoying it and i love that it seems like it's incredibly like it's well put together just because we have a lot going on we have a lot of stuff planned it's still in like its infancy phase it's really difficult uh you know to meet every new challenge that's coming up like for example uh, the first one was 
getting good talent to be a part of the show. You know, you're a new company. How are you going to get people to trust you? You know, I don't have that big, I don't have much of a name at all in wrestling. Nobody knows really who I am. Luckily, you know, Ricky Shane Page is there. You know, he's able to help kind of uh, put things along a little bit. And, uh, you know, then it's venues like we don't want to step on other people's territory and other people's venues and where are we going to go and how are we going to run and what cities make sense. It's a lot of stuff that we're trying to navigate and figure out. And behind the scenes, it's chaos. But as long as it doesn't look like that uh, in front of the camera, then we're good. (laughs) So with your first show, Skewered, Whose idea was it to put that out live on Twitch? Because I thought that was an, an ingenious idea. Uh, it was such it, that that ended. That was my idea in the end. Uh, it ended up being a. Uh, it ended up being something that we did of necessity. Uh, Fight TV wouldn't take us. That was our original model to go for pay per view. Fight wouldn't take the show. Uh, IWTV's payout system wasn't conducive for us to to do it and lose that money to kind of lock in our viewer base of okay however many thousand subscribers they have it was only open to them if we went there and we weren't going to make a lot of money for it title match i wasn't aware of at the time uh i didn't have a connection with them so i didn't even i didn't even try to reach out over there and uh youtube i was like I was a little concerned because we didn't have any type of um, any type of base on a YouTube channel or anything to build off of, so I didn't want to just go onto YouTube to begin with. But Twitch, I had a associate uh, affiliate account because I used to just stream on my time off and got enough enough followers randomly here and there to be able to get an affiliate account. So I was like, okay, well, let's go to Twitch and see what happens here. If we're going to, if we're not going to be able to make pay-per-view money on this, how can we get the most bang for our buck out of this situation? And uh, we went to Twitch and it got a good amount of viewership. I mean, we had about 3000 viewers at any given moment live and did probably about 15,000 or 17,000 uh you know streams through that live broadcast before uh it got taken down (laughs) which was i mean honestly like speaking candidly we would have got we would have been fine it was bullshit that it got uh taken down but it was being intentionally reported yeah that was definitely some bullshit because i was enjoying the fuck out of it like i said i thought that was an ingenious move you guys putting it on twitch and you know, being a first-time promotion, I was kind of figuring it was going to be an extra way to get more eyes on your product for the first time. It was. We needed the. We definitely, like, I don't want to say we didn't need the money from pay-per-view. I wish we could have gone to pay-per-view and made our money on it. And mm-hmm. the plan always was that I was going to do Twitch, let people, whoever was dedicated enough to watch it right there, and then get it for 24 hours. And then it would go to a VOD or purchase uh, system after that. Because our main event got fucked, <laughs> because they uh, the stream got taken down, I felt I didn't feel like it was right to charge for the show after we weren't able to give everybody what they were tuning in for. So that's why the show went up for free after that. And it was just like, you know, a relatively large financial hit to start the promotion off, which was not easy to deal with. No, no, I, I bet, I bet. That's definitely a hell of a bump to take. But, I mean, you guys took it right on the chin and kept on pushing through because you guys have been putting out some great stuff. You guys have been in Cleveland, Columbus, you know, 
Detroit with the RPW and Circle Six, and then you guys were also in uh, Orlando, Florida, correct? Yeah, we were in Orlando with uh, with No Peace Underground, and uh, you know I have a really good relationship with Jared, the promoter for No Peace, and uh, Orlando's kind of been one of those cities that we always thought was like, okay, there's let's see what can happen here outside of just No Peace, and how can we work together and put on some more shows. So it's definitely a city that we want to we want to hit. I think now we've kind of after the first four months, five months, we've established kind of where our loop's going to be in the main cities that we're going to be focusing on. So everything that you've seen announced so far is what we're going to be consistently hitting with maybe one or two new cities tied in. Hell yeah. I love that we're on that loop, man. I love that. Hell yeah. So let's get into this weekend. We're joined by the great Darren McCarty, DMAC. How you doing today, bro? What's up, fellas? How's everybody? What's up, Mike? How you doing, What's, bud? I'm good, man. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great. I think that just I'm enjoying sitting back listening. And um, the number one thing, I think, with Circle Six as much as and, and when you're talking to the PWE guys, they're, they know as behind the scenes of, of operational chaos uh, <laughs> that goes on. And uh, right, like the, the stuff you're talking about, I think the fact that but I love just knowing you the little bit that I do, but watching your promotion and stuff like this, it's like it, you put it out on, on the line. This is who we are, but you take care. What I see, it's a, and from experience, like the guys were saying with the Harpo show with RPW, it's about the wrestlers. It's about the fans. The compassion is there. That That's what draws me, draws me to you guys to what circle six obviously maybe there's a little personal revenge issue because of your roster but that's besides the point <laughs> yeah um but i think that you mentioned a couple names uh you know ricky shane page and obviously uh, atticus kogar and all the four four old guys with what they're doing and i mean i i know the pwe guys enough is that we we to say we we follow wrestlers and promotions around and it's one of these things that if you're willing to take the hit, unfortunately, you know, behind the scenes with all that, but you have the guys, the wrestlers and everybody working towards the same, my hat's off to you because that's what I see. And I can't wait because frankly, it's, it's a lineup. The boys are talking about it, but we've been, we were talking about it at the, at the, the circus and, and different things like that. For me, I'm a Masada mark. Right. Yeah. So so the fact that you brought him in my face, I got to see him live. And the fact that I just see all these guys like like him, you know, yeah, the, the Eric Ryans, the different guys that have been around that that deserve the respect. It seems to me just from the outside looking in is that that's what they get. And you guys are creating something different, even though there's so much the same out there this uh has sort of a different feel so i just wanted to throw some flowers your your way whether you take them or not mike uh i don't know but the fact that we appreciate that you see us in detroit as uh and we take responsibility i think as a fan base um not only for for our wrestler guys that we have a lot of pride in but also to the fact that you come in and see that the fans love this stuff I, yep. I had one question I wanted to ask you about the venue yeah. that we're going to because because as we talked uh, last week, just you and I, I said, wow, man, I've never I had to look up that venue and I this is my city and stuff like this. So can you talk about 
how exciting it is because to your credit, you're opening up new spots in these new cities by making these relationships yourselves. So in the win-win of the whole big thing, this is, I think this shouldn't go unnoticed because what I've noticed is that's usually sometimes the hardest part is finding the right venue to accommodate the artistry at, you know, maybe an extreme level that the artists like and the, and the, and the fans like. So what what about the venue? The venues, I mean, I'm very, very excited about this venue. You know, they were a little concerned with us coming in originally when I started talking with them, primarily because of the, the build. It's technically a historic, a historic building, you know, crazy old floors, crazy old walls. They don't want us to destroy anything in there, you know. Um, but I think when we approach uh, some of these buildings and we're kind of reaching out to them in a really professional manner with uh, game plan and how we are going to prevent any damage to their building, what our talent is and who these guys are and where they come from. It brings a little bit of notoriety when I can say like, Hey, we're not just bringing, you know, fresh guys in here that don't understand what's going on. I have guys from impact. I have guys from AEW, you know, former TV guys, well-adjusted professionals in the business along with, us going hey we understand you're worried about your floors this is what we're going to be doing this is the product we bring in to make sure your floors are going to be clean afterwards this is the crew that we have these are our previous events the buildings we've ran what our security issues have been what our successes have been and kind of come at it from that standpoint uh where they start to feel more comfortable and it's a little bit of knowing when to push the envelope like orlando for example we were in a technically a a business in a in a warehouse district but it was a wedding hall like the whole building was white the floors were white the walls were white like they had never seen anything like this at all in that building before the owners had no clue what to expect i told them i was bringing in wrestling i didn't tell them exactly what we were going to be doing but uh we pushed the envelope just a little bit and when the glass started to break I was a little concerned, but at the end of the night when we talked to the owner, it was, hey, I'm so glad you didn't tell me you were going to do this before you did it because I would have never let you do it. But seeing how you cl- how quickly you guys cleaned it up and how professional it was, I'm more than happy to have you back. So, And there's some places I wouldn't do that. You know, there's some right, places there's a- you know the person that's in charge, like it's just the vibe's not there. This person's not going to get it. But I think it's understanding who you're dealing with and what your limitations are. You know, Jam Handy told us you got two rules when you come in here. No jumping off the balcony and no fire. Easy. Like, we're good. And 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 I think that goes to show you, you mentioned if you, as and I, as the boys go through the lineup, these are veterans. Like, like a lot of guys, most, like a lot of these names, if you're even into wrestling, you've heard of, you know, like our own, you know, hometown kid. I see the Rascals and you got Trey Miguel. So, I mean, you know, we're used to seeing him do an IWR, do an impact, but to see him, you know, come on out, I'm going to give him a little extra candy to get some shots in on, <laughs> yeah. on Mr. Yeah. Koger. So, right. you know, I, I'm I'm strictly showing up to, to see how many guys I can buy off to get some revenge. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, these guys, well, there's a lot of them that are probably for sale for some revenge. I don't think you're going to have too much of a problem with that. I like well, to hear I mean, it, Mike. I like to hear it. Let's go over the card, and we're going to get into a match, you know, to where DMAC manages a couple guys that are looking for revenge also against them. 
So, I mean, we have Sadie Suicide versus Jody Threat. We're all familiar with Jody Threat in this area. She wrestles for Clash Wrestling, and she's a, a big favorite. So, having her come to Detroit's absolutely fantastic. Uh, what was the thought about matching those two up together? Uh, I want Jody's a fantastic wrestler, and she's able to uh, put on a great performance. After working with Sadie in Orlando, uh, she was wonderful to be around. She put on a great performance with Eddie, I think, and uh, made a really good impression on everyone in the locker room, especially at the end of the night when we were all kind of like struggling to get shit out. She was one of the few that didn't leave. She was there. It's the uh, it's the opportunity combined with the talent where I'm like, okay, let's see what she could do. You know, she's there. Yeah, and we love her. We absolutely love Jody Threat. Even my daughters are big fans of Jody Threat. And it's going to be a little bit of a different type of Jody at a Circle Six show than what we see at these family Usually oriented you get shows. Usually, you get a more aggressive, more focused Jody at those shows, a little bit more violent. At least I try to get her a little more violent before she leaves the curtain. She's Canadian. She'll get violent. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we haven't seen Jody around here, I don't think, since. After the pandemic, I think it was all post-pandemic was the last time, at least I seen her around the Detroit area. So I'm glad to have her I back. Yeah. I can't remember what show. I see, She has been around. There was there was a show which that one? I, I okay. forgot which one. She, uh, Clash. She's been around she, since, she, but not a while. She was at uh, Clash Wrestling, I believe, at their was. last show. Yeah, uh, I think fighting you're right. For the, the championship. Brokowski, you want to keep on going with this car here? Yeah, man, the one that I'm really looking forward to and I love because it's a hometown homeboy versus, you know, a couple of guys. One guy that I've never seen before in the Four Corners of Pain match. And plus, everybody loves glass. You got Jeff King versus Jeff Cannonball, which I'm, I've never seen live, but I've only seen on TV, which is just great. He's awesome. Him. I'm so stoked to be able to see him. And then you also got Otis Kogar in that match and – I hope he takes a couple more panes of glass than anybody else in that one. Yeah. What was your mindset on that one? I mean, getting old timer Otis and Jeff in all all in one ring at one time. I like uh, I like unique kind of unique matchups to see what's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm not really in the always in the mindset of oh this has to be first time matches. I but I do like kind of. Uh, playing you know dr frankenstein a little bit of like who could we put in where and see what these guys can do with each other i feel like you got you know jeff cannonball massive you got otis who's not too small himself you know what i mean and jeff king who's just absolutely out of his mind you put those three into a ring together it's gonna it's just something stupid is gonna happen and that's that's what i was going for i love that before Hey, before we go on, I think that's a great point that you it's almost the circle six and it goes to you what you're saying, Mike. It's it's that I don't know, for the lack of a better term, it's like the psychotic booking. It's like the booking is that where we everybody sits around and going, Oh, could you imagine if it was this guy and this guy and you don't think it could happen, yet you look to circle six. That's where those matches more or less to happen is that sort of along the lines 
getting yeah, inside your less, head. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, it, a little less on. We're not so focused on the dream matches. You know, I know a lot of indies try to do the dream match of like, can you imagine this person from Japan versus this person from the states or what? Like, that's not necessarily our concern. It's more so like the, uh, hey, why hasn't this match? ever happened before you know what like our, our first show we had brody versus biff Busick. they literally just missed each other on the indies by like a year six months you know when brody was coming up and biff was going away to to the fed and there was a small window of opportunity there to make that match happen and it worked out like those are the types of matches i'm like oh yeah this shit's gonna be awesome oh no doubt Another match of somebody that we're pretty familiar with with Clash Rushland. You got the Impact World Champion Jason Alexander taking on JJ Garrett. I'm actually really intrigued for that one because that's going to be a pretty, I think, uh, a hard hitting technical bout right there with a lot of a, a lot of ground game versus a lot more slams. You know, kind of more wrestling style. Yeah, JJ. Yeah, definitely. JJ Garrett, I feel like, is one of like the most underutilized talents on the indies uh that dude has just got just an unbelievable amount of capability and talent i think getting him in there in the ring with somebody like uh somebody somebody uh like fuck uh josh alexander sorry i got a weird text (laughs) that was coming up uh somebody like josh alexander is going to be just a, a fantastic uh situation for him to uh to to shine Yeah, no less the impact champion right there in your own Mm -hmm. backyard. I mean, you can't you can't miss that with Josh. But one thing that I do love about new promotions coming to town is you get guys in there that you have no clue anything about. You're just like, yeah, I follow their Twitter. Like this next match of Zicky Dice and Cody Lane. Like I know nothing about either one of these guys except for what's on their Twitter page and what I see them tweeting out so what do you expect to see what do you just based on what you see on twitter what do you expect to see from that match uh i kind of expect a little bit of comedy inside there a little fun a little running and sneaking and diving yeah both both of those guys uh i mean zicky can hang on a technical level with almost anybody he's really really good cody uh still as well like young he's got a lot to show and both those guys kind of have a little bit of a similar style. I think that that match is going to be a lot of fun for people to watch. With the uh, secondhand smoke show. Yeah. With Gregory Iron and Eddie only. Is there going to be a special guest appearance to come out yeah. in the interview? Or yeah, I was actually going to announce it tomorrow. The, the special nice. guest for the secondhand smoke talk show is going to be Puff. Okay, okay. Oh, nice. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Because I did I feel see that like... he was announced for the show, but I didn't see nothing for him. Yeah, nothing more volatile than giving Eddie Only and Gregory Iron a live microphone and me just sweat, <laughs> sweating in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying with them two, it's like putting a match on the gasoline. It's just yeah, going to go it's... up. It's a disaster. We've always said internally, like Eddie's not not going to be able to cut live promos, and then, well, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be gold. It's going to. Oh, be I'm gold. sure it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Hopefully, Twitter doesn't try to cancel me afterwards. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh no, it's Twitter. Twitter will love it. <laughs> but man, like 
like DMX was saying about bringing Masada into town, that dude, it, for me, also is the BN, the be all end all of Deathmatch Wrestling. The reason why I got into it, reason first wrestler I started following in the Deathmatch scene, I mean, he was a legend. Me and him at the Harpo show was like that Wayne's World scene with Alice Cooper, you know? I'm yeah. not worthy. I'm not worthy, you know? <laughs> but you got him tag teaming with Schlack as a Bring face him back of faces of death. Bring that him back faces of death. That match is that match is gonna be nuts. Uh, it's a tag. It's gonna the tag match is gonna be uh, Schlack and Masada against Bobby and Eric. Oh wow! Oh my god! Oh wow! Yeah. I'll, I'll br- I'm gonna bring actual on. I'll bring I got to Oh man, I'm gonna go to the farm and get an extra product. That one's gonna. Oh, that one's gonna. Yeah, I think the whole audience is gonna need it after that one. That, that's oh, what I'm saying. That wasn't yeah. for the guys. That's for the whole. Yeah. Oh yeah. People in the audience, but just talk about being able to like that. Like, fathom that right there. Like the. the like to be able to put that together, like how does that make you as a fan? Because I did we lose? I, I think I think he yeah, cut out there yeah, for a second. Yeah. But but to kind of guess what he was saying to go off of it as a fan, like yeah. that's I say quite a bit. That's a freaking dream match that I didn't know I needed to see until you announced it. Like that's just complete insanity. Just the four of the best. I agree. In today's world right now. And the living legend Masada. I mean, dude, this is going to be crazy. I think I think those four guys together is something that you're going to, like, you'll see it once and you're like, holy shit, this is awesome. And I think they can do it multiple times. I think you could see Faces of Death and, and Bobby and Eric over and over and over again in different match stipulations and different and continue that for a long time and people will still be engaged by what those guys are able to come up with because they're all such creative minds when it comes to specifically that hardcore style of wrestling yeah they're definitely innovators in that genre all four of them guys it's absolutely awesome fuck 44 old but bev and eric are my boys yeah <laughs> right right yeah yeah <laughs> Hmm. But speaking of 44 I mean, we touched on it a little bit. We got the Rascals of Zachary Wentz coming in, teaming up with this boy Trey, taking on RSP and Atticus. And this mm-hmm. is kind of a carryover from your previous event when Zachary and Atticus had a match and they kind of had a controversial ending and leading up into this tag team match. Yeah. Was this something that you came up with or was this something Atticus wanted? I... Uh... I mean, this is this is something that uh, that I wanted to see. I mean, uh, like just as a shoot, I feel like you know Zach coming in from show one very much felt like family with us to a degree. Uh, the same way it's been with Atticus, where he was like he was it, he was number one when he came in, you know. And there was just a natural kind of friction between those two that I felt like would play out really well in the ring. Their first match, which was Zach's match, first match back after NXT, I thought was phenomenal. And we wanted to push that a little bit more and uh, let uh, let that wild side of Zach Wentz come out that had been gone for a little bit. 
and uh, you know Zach went for it and and loved it, and that match had a little bit of a little bit of a chaotic end. And uh, I think the natural progression was all right. Well, if uh, Ricky's going to go ahead and get involved here and see what's going on, then you know Zach's got Trey. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I absolutely love that factor. I mean. I didn't even realize that, you know, it's, it's storyline again from day one of the company, you know, Atticus and Zach. And here we are at the ninth show and we're seeing it play out in the ring now. Absolutely yeah. love that factor. Yeah, the story has been very, very important to us. And I know when we were first starting a company, we did uh, Atticus and I both did a few different podcasts where we talked about how important the story is going to be for us and differentiate us from other companies. And uh, I know there hasn't been a lot of it that's come out yet, but everything that's kind of happening now in the first six to nine months is the building blocks of what we're going to use for the next three to five years, hopefully, you know, so we, we got to get a little bit of uh, space behind us to have some story to reach back out to and make things make sense. I absolutely love that factor. Love that. We're we're big fans of the storylines in wrestling. That's that's what we love most. And now that we got him back, D Mac will be in his next match, standing by the Scummy Boys, Midwest Scum of Dread King Logan and Zach Thomas taking on the premiere. And I'm looking forward to that match because Midwest Scum's our our tag team. We we love them boys. It's always a good day to get Scummy. Um, I'm real glad to see them on the Circle Six show. And I'm going to be real happy when they get done whooping Premier's ass. That seems to be the general consensus. I'm very, very excited to have all those guys on the show, especially Midwest Scum, uh, you know, being that it's Detroit. And, uh, you know, more importantly, I'm, I'm excited to have real tag teams on the shows. You know, like uh, one of the things that we're really shooting for is that uh, after we announce, after we have crown our first world champion, uh, is the tag team titles being introduced with real tag teams that are consistently booked together and working different territories together and are not it's not just kind of like a mishmash of who can we who can we pair together in this city you know well that's, well, that's no that's great and i hey my phone overheated right mid contest so i'll go back <laughs> and watch your response but no and that's you know what because i tell the boys all the time uh zach and uh Zach and Logan, I tell them all the time, dude, who, who do you want to, who are you? Who do you want to be? And and in their minds, it's, they're uh, the next FTR. And yeah. they're going to, and yeah. I think, you know, and here's the one thing is that my, like these two guys and, and what I love is that what you said, it's like that old school tag teams we grew up on where, you know, if they weren't related it was like they were, you never saw one without the other. And yeah, some have a solo uh, career or a run maybe in different promotions, but you know, you have these guys nip and tuck together. Um, and the, uh, we all know around here that Zach and uh, Logan are thick as thieves together as far as off outside of the ring also too. So it's, it's exciting to be able for the opportunity. That's all it is. The opportunity is nothing's given. You go out and you earn it, but to be able to see that. And I think that's what you're doing, Mike, not only with that. And the one thing about building the storyline that I say that it makes so much sense listening 
is I, I thought the best storyline in wrestling like last year or whatever was what um, Tremont H2O did with 440. So yeah. the fact you yeah. have 440 and all those guys who are Mandalorian because they all can go off individually, but you assess them. So if they want to do a storyline and they want to build it up, I, I'm all for it. I'm, I think that's great and in different ways. So I think that establishing yourself like you tell you say that like the tag teams are important after you know obviously uh setting up the championship and just sort of going in line i i like how you're doing it but you're sort of doing it just you know it's going to take time so it is um, is. my boys will be ready uh they're excited obviously uh i'm I'm gonna have them pumped up like it's an old home game at joe lewis arena so uh the premier better be ready and uh Eyes in the back of my head this time. <laughs> As you should That's, have it with that. I know. I, like, I know. I know. I, I'm learning. See, I'm, you know, I'm learning all these little intricacies and all these little tricks. And until then, I guess I'll just be, I'll just keep bleeding until I figure it <laughs> out. Drop somebody else. So I ain't afraid to, afraid to bleed, you, but I'm You excited. got plenty of blood in you. It's going to be all right. You'll Absolutely. be fine. Absolutely. You know that. So we're excited. Midwest Hell Gum's yeah. going to bring it. And that's just the opportunity. And I think that's what circle six and coming through Detroit provides and grateful for it. Well, so we're thanks. grateful that everyone's given us the opportunity to get out there and supporting, you know? Yeah. And I think Midwest scum is going to show you this weekend, this Friday night, why they'll deserve to be in the running for those tag team belts when they get up and going in circle six. I have no doubt about that. Well, stack cast. Most definitely Friday night. The Jam Handy is going to be the place to be. Because you're also going to have Brody King there. Homicide's going to be there. Byron, Byron Key, you got Ace Perry versus Jake Chris. I mean, all those matches we just went over, it's going to be fantastic. Did you just, did you, Broski, did you just glaze over uh, Brian Key? Did you just, no, like, it's no, not. Not. No, oh, I know you did. Do you guys? We no, haven't announced. We haven't announced the Brian Keith match yet. Well, you guys want to know who it is before I post it on Twitter? Yeah, oh, I would love to. Yeah, because yeah. we're talking about hard hitters. Okay, that guy brings it. Go it's ahead. Brian. It's gonna be. This, I'm very stoked about this. It's gonna be Brian Keith versus Homicide. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. Oh, oh damn! Yeah, damn. it's gonna be awesome. That match oh, is gonna God. be in so good. Somebody might get some chiclets in the front row, let alone forget about the glass. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. That's going to be violent. Right. Yeah. I'm counting on it. <laughs> and Homicide's got the title the title qualifier match the following night. So it's going to be, uh, you know, he's got a busy weekend. Yeah, it's actually what I was going to flow into next is, you know, the following night, Here to Stay is going to be down in Columbus, Ohio. Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland. But, oh, Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland. <laughs> I Columbus. Cleveland. God. I need to – I got to write my uh, notes a little bit better on that one. No, you're good. Jason you're good. I said Josh, and I said Cleveland instead of Col- – Columbus instead of Cleveland. Go to Cleveland. Do not go to Columbus. <laughs> yeah, please. Don't go to Columbus. <laughs> Nobody likes Columbus anyhow. That's There you go. But no, man – I want to get into you about that that title qualifier match of Jake Chris taking on Homicide. I mean, it sounds like you guys kind of have a 
new intrigued idea of how you guys are going to put this ladder match together. I I'm real intrigued. So you got the colors to each ladder match. I mean, is that going to yeah. be something that's going to play a part of the actual match? It's yeah. So, yeah. So the hybrid, the hybrid ladder match is, uh, is something that Ricky Shane page brought to the table. Uh, it is there was when he was first starting his career, he was working, helping putting shows together for uh, hybrid wrestling in Ohio. And uh, that ladder match is something that started in hybrid wrestling. I think there were two, two hybrid ladder matches uh, during the promotions existence, two or three. Um, so the way this works is there's going to be four qualifying matches that are going to take place between now and September from our, for our upcoming shows. Each one of those qualifying matches, the winner gets a spot in that ladder match and they get assigned a color. When they get into that match, they're going to have a ladder that is the color of their assigned color. So if Jake Christ wins or homicide wins, they're going to be orange. There'll be an orange ladder in that match. For them to win the title, they can only climb their ladder to get the title. Uh, I like that. Yes, I like that. Twist. Yeah, yeah we've that seen it. Lot. We've seen it posted online earlier today, and in our little group chat, we were talking. We we're very curious to how that was going to play out, and the way you explained it, perfect. Uh, sounds like it's going to be just an awesome something different that people aren't used to seeing. I agree. I think it adds an uh, added level of psychology to the match of, uh, yeah, I got I could take my opponent out or I could take their ladder out. You know, there's two ways to go about it. Right. I didn't even think about that factor yet. <laughs> like, yeah, take out the ladder, then how's he going to win? That's a yep. genius. Yeah, as or soon as – as How soon as he said they have to use their ladder, my first thought was, well, fuck their ladder up so they can't use it, and yep. then they're fucked. Also, keep in mind that uh, this show, I mean, it's got, it, I haven't released the date for it yet. It's going to be in Cleveland. It's going to be at the Masonic. And for whoever hasn't been there, there's a, the room that we're running has a second floor balcony that goes side to side, spans the entire building. So uh, depending on how we decide to hang this title, there could be more than one way to actually get it. <laughs> you know? Nice. Oh, damn. So you, don't, well, you, you can only use your ladder, but you don't have to use your ladder. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'd be crazy. We might have to have one of those PWE oh, road trips for that show. That's right. Absolutely. For sure. That's going to be – that show is, to me, what we're building up to with that show, that's going to be our true coming out party. Like, that's going to be the show that's going to really kind of establish who we are, what we're about, and where we're going. Uh, everything uh, up until then, up. think of it like the, uh, you know, it's the preseason. Okay, awesome. okay. That is that's absolutely awesome. I can't I can't wait to see that. But I mean this this Saturday we're gonna get to see Jake Chris take on home and homicide for that. And I mean, dude, that's gonna be a banger of a match too. I mean Jake Chris is absolutely on fire, just killing it. And homicide's just a, a legend, in my opinion. I mean that dude can go on go with anyone oh, yeah. in any style. One hundred percent I wanna take credit for Jake Chris run. Because I think it was ever since he super kicked me, he's been on fire. So you're welcome. 
Bobby, I'm still coming after you, you little sump, Bobby, you little mother. But yeah, but Hamashad will get his piece. No, yeah. those two, those two are gonna go at it, man. Like both of them uh, are, like you said, Homicide's a legend. He has been everywhere, done everything, and Jake Christ is probably on the run of his career at this point right now. No disrespect to you, Dmag, but Jake Christ might be my favorite. Oh, he's just so good in the ring. Oh, don't, he might be my, he might be mine too, just because <laughs> he pops me every time. That Jake Christ is such a great heel, and he's old school. Doesn't have to swear. You little bugger, you like all his little mannerisms and stuff. How can you not love him? I always say he's the AJ Styles being like the newest AJ Styles can go with anybody and yeah. entertain. Yeah, that. you remember so, you were at you guys were at that Detroit show. Remember when he did that dive off the stage? Yeah, with Giza. Uh, Giza. Yeah. So yeah. before the show, before the show happened, I was standing with Chris and and Ricky on the stage, and I go, "Who's diving off?" And Ricky said, nobody. And I go, Jay's, Jay will do it. And Jay's looking at me. He goes, you think I'll make it? I go, 100%. That, dude, it that, that, was, a, that was an insane distance. That was <laughs> right. Where we were sitting, we were sitting opposite the stage. So it came at us. And it was just the was sight awesome. of it. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, we'll go and back and check, check that out. And Jake is so awesome. He can do any like, style. No way. Jake can do any style. He's not. He's not. He's not limited to a certain. He can do anything. He can go in there and, and, and be technical with you. He he can go hardcore with you. Yep. He can do, he can do everything. That's why yeah. he he is so good at what he does. And I'm excited because you know Homicide's a big favorite of mine. But man, Jake can go. That's going to be a great one. Definitely, it's going to be a good match. And uh, you know, in the end, with all of this, is like the fans are the fans win you know we're getting we're trying to put out as many good matches as we can and make sure people are enjoying themselves and seeing quality wrestling oh yeah without a doubt i mean then you got people like you're bringing the rascals in and you got myron reed one of your og rascals coming in i mean that i i just can't even think the last time he did team up and was a was with the rascals I think this is. I think this is the first. I think this is the first true reunion, uh, as close as we can get contractually. Yeah, yeah. You know, without a doubt. And then today, you guys dropped a couple matches. You got Tracy Williams taking on Masada. Yeah, that one. uh, I don't know if anybody expected that match. (laughs) That was no, not at all. I mean, people forget they see Masada and they think deathmatch. They think hardcore. They think the ultra-violent beast. But people forget that Masada is, like, an incredibly accomplished technical wrestler. You know? The man came from Shawn Michaels' school, you know? Does a lot. Yeah, that man, that man can do it all. Yeah, it shocked me. I was like, wait a second, huh? Oh, wait, yeah, this is going to be dope. This is gonna be a. This is gonna be sweet. And like you're you said, gonna you see know, both sides of Masada within 24 hours of each other. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, you'll get to see the technical side of them, and that's the side that you really don't see too much around too often, unfortunately. You know. Let me ask you something. If uh, when when you saw that match announcement, did did you think Masada was gonna have a technical match, or did you think Tracy was gonna have a hardcore match? Tracy was gonna have a hardcore match. 
This, that, I that find that you see, I find that to me, I find that really, really interesting, and it's kind of like a conditioning with fans. Like we put Tracy in there with Atticus last time, and immediately, the quote tweets when we announced that match was, "Holy shit, Tracy Williams is going to do a death match." People start to forget that a lot of these death match guys that are known for deathmatch and known for hardcore are really accomplished in pure wrestling and in, in just being a technical wrestler. There's a whole other side to it that everyone just kind of avoids, you know, or does it doesn't like their brain doesn't really go there. And it's just, I mean, you're conditioned to it, but fans always think that it's going to be, it's going to go hardcore. If the non-hardcore guy is wrestling a hardcore wrestler, they never, the first reaction is never the other way around, which is weird. Well, it's because it was always that way. It's yeah. always been that yeah. way. Yeah. Guys have always had to sort of, oh, I got to establish that, that, that I'm hard, so I got to go bleed, you know, yeah. which isn't the way it is. No, I, I, not the way it is. Not the way it should be, oh, not in my opinion. No, but, but when you recognize yeah. that, Mike, and, and you suddenly don't have to put it out, all you do is put out the matches and yeah. the guys can show. It's the same thing that, that, you know, confidence in is, is my guy, Tommy Vendetta, right? Who's, who's, you know, one of the hot young guys, obviously our mission guy, you know, he's all of ours and uh, out of here, but he's as good of a technical wrestler. He sure is. Uh, as, as there is, and all these guys are the same. So the fact that you put him in this spot only allows, right? So you're, I love what you're doing. You're forcing the fans to, it's okay. You're conditioned that way. I'm going to recondition you. So you're going to see that. And actually as a fan, that's sort of exciting because I, you know, it's almost like I've eaten too much chocolate. I need to go back to eating strawberry ice cream. You know, the chocolate yeah. ice cream that's servants for, and that's, and I that's think, exactly what it is. So, so that's, I think that's exciting also because then subconsciously, and you know what that is that people will talk about it because they have to see it. They haven't seen it. So the eyeball test, they don't believe it I as agree. much as you can go back and tell them that, Masada was trained by Shawn Michaels, that uh, Ricky Shane Page and those guys and, you know, hybrid doing all this other stuff that, that they didn't come on to the, you know, the hardcore death match till later on. Yeah. But now it sort of reverts back. It's almost like, what do you have? What do you have to push to get the attention? And then you can make it your own way. And that's, well, that's, like that's definitely it. And I think the other, even on the other side of the coin from a business standpoint, is showing that like hey these guys that have a rough exterior that are visually intimidating they're okay for sponsors they're okay for all this other stuff they don't this is they're not a one-trick pony it's making these guys more money and giving them more opportunities opening up new doors to them showing that they don't have to go out and bleed we know that's what people want and that's something we've struggled with from day one is not enough deathmatch, not enough deathmatch. People want, when we started, it was with Atticus. Everyone thought we were a deathmatch company. We're not a deathmatch company. You know, we're trying to condition people to understand that, like, hey, when they're coming out and doing this, it matters. When the glass is breaking, when the gussets are out, when the barbed wire's out, when all that shit's there, it matters. And it almost matters more than when it's not to a degree because that's taking so much more out of them and they're putting on such a different performance. Yeah. Your, your heart rate should go up when you watch this. Your, your blood pressure should go up when you watch this a little bit, you should get nervous, get a little scared. It's weird. It's rough. It's different, but you have to feel different emotions through the other parts of the show. 
You can't just be redlining the entire time. You know, we redline at the very end when we're about to get to the finish line. Yeah. And it'll give. Sorry, sorry, bro. Just saying, it'll give something to the fans that, like you said, they haven't seen, and then maybe they'll revert to like, you know, I liked that. I would actually like to see Masada do more matches without having to shed the blood. And exactly. you know, we, we have a guy locally that we feel the same way about uh, Chuck Stein, uh, yeah. the Dirty White Boy. You know, he he's known for his death matches, but we've all seen him go without having to shed blood, and we feel he's just as good, too. So these deathmatch guys, it goes both ways. The guy's breaking into deathmatch. Hey, I'm not just a regular guy. And it could go vice versa. And some of the fans don't get that. You get that. You can't satisfy everybody, you know. You can't, There's if always you to, If you online. try to satisfy everybody, you're going to end up satisfying no one. But I'll tell you, with our fan base and what I've seen from a lot of the shows is we have a lot of non-deathmatch fans coming to our shows and experiencing their first live deathmatch experience and it's they're enjoying it i think it's opening it up to people who would normally be closed-minded to it because they're getting what you would normally expect out of a wrestling show you're getting the comedy you're getting the lucha you're getting all the other stuff and then when the deathmatch hits okay maybe 20 percent of the people that came for everything else are going to be squeamish from it but the 80 percent that are seeing that thing new and fresh for the first time you're building fans for something different that you're not going to exp- you wouldn't have had the chance to expose them to uh, had the product all been blood and guts from moment one you know or like we really just drove home like no it's death it's death and not shined a light on hey there's these guys that do death that aren't doing it right now you know yeah, it's one thing that I really enjoy that you guys do is you guys build our anticipation up for the death match at the, the crescendo at the end there, you know. You got a little bit of everything in between. Like you said, you got the comedy, you got the triple threats, you got tag team action, you got it all, and it builds up to the death match, and everybody gets to do something different too. You know, it's yeah. not all the same because it's like you do an all death match show, it's kind of repetitive by the time it gets to the end, you know. How many times can you – you know, I'm not discarding anything by all means. No, but you know, no, not at all. Listen, there's there is a place there's a place for all of it. There's a fan base for all of it. And there needs to those companies need to exist. Like ICW does what they do and they do it at a very high level and it needs to exist. And they're the they're the best at coordinating what they do with that. But Again, it goes back to my original point of saying we are not that. We're not a deathmatch company. We do deathmatches when it makes sense and how it makes sense to us. And it's something I enjoy, so I always want to incorporate it into the shows. We're going to have a deathmatch tournament next year that's going to be a little different with something that we want to contribute into that community and use those guys. Obviously, we book them all the time. But we have the ability to showcase their other sides as well. So if I can book a deathmatch guy 10 times and seven of those 10, he's not bleeding, but he's in there with other high level talent that he would have, they would have normally not had the chance to work. I think it's just going to help make that time where they do go out and bleed buckets worth more to them. You said something that we've all said to each other, including DMAC, is make it make sense. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's the whole thing. What it tells me, right, is that at the end of the day, the promotion, oh, yeah, they will do deathmatch. So, it, so it, it, it stops the heel from running his mouth because at the end of the day, 
the whole program could lead up to that to like there's no limits like you can't yeah. hide right because oh yeah oh at the end of the day you're going back i see a storyline where it's back and forth and it culminates in the highest form because you because you're right and and that's the one thing is i always believe is that you compete with yourself so what are you trying to get out and i think that not only because it's 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 you look at the talent and sometimes talent gets pigeonholed it's like music right you, you, it's the genre and they want it they want to change it where you know uh, a, a rock guitarist was trained classically and he likes to play classic but his hits are this it lets him go out on an edge and i think that that's what you pay attention to more so and it gets back around to the wrestlers and the fans like i said so i think it's exciting because it is Thanks, different man. different it's a is longer exciting. build it's a longer build. I think if we would have came out the gate as a deathmatch company, our exposure would have been a little bit more right off the bat than what we have currently to a degree because of the spectacle of it. But we didn't want to we didn't want to compete in that world. Like that's not who we wanted to be. And uh, we also don't want to be looked at as a company that's doing deathmatches novelty because it's not like this is where we come from. That's where Ricky comes from. Atticus, Masada, Schlack. These are all my close friends and people that work closely in our company. So we respect the where they've been. And yeah, we are we are still a hardcore company, but we're not. I mean, that's not all we are, you know. I think you're doing something that's really important because not only are you wanting to tell stories when it comes to talent and build that, but you're also telling the story of Circle Six and what Circle Six is. Um, you're making yourself unique. You're, you're, you're making yourself different from everybody else with the way that you're telling the story of your company. So in addition to that great storytelling we all love, you're doing something that, you know, has has kind of um on a bigger scale has been kind of uh lost in translation when you're actually uh, you're actually telling the story and, and defining what circle six is and and i love that thank you man i appreciate that you know one thing that uh i really appreciate and respect that you guys do was i heard i was watching your interview with some of our friends over at knockouts a three count and you said that you guys actually ban moves for certain for certain signatures and finishers. You guys have a list that you know this is for this person. You don't you don't take away anybody's spots or anybody's yeah. moment. And I think that's really awesome because it's like you know you guys took it over in that one, the Canadian Destroyer. You know you see that six times in a match. It's like you took away all the luster of it. There's there's nothing left. How can I believe? That this guy kicked out at one, but then yep. this guy just put him down for a three count two matches later with it. it that's exactly it. it. And that's that's the importance of having somebody like Ricky there where when we're booking the shows and we're figuring out who's what the matches are gonna be, you know, Ricky's communicating with the talent and reaching out and figuring out, okay, hey, what's your protected moves? What's your normal? What do you do? This, that, like what do you want to get over? And we figure out okay we, this is our list now for this show and every event 30 45 minutes prior to doors ricky and i hold a, a pre-show meeting uh out in the ring where we talk to everyone go over the card the list for band moves is in the back the finishes are in the back for everyone's protected moves um you know and then general like you know we have general things of 
there's a there's kind of this culture of I just had this match and I need to show respect for the other person that was in there. We have a no respect policy over there. We don't want to see handshakes after the matches. I don't want to see two guys that just beat the shit out of each other shaking each other's hand because you're killing anything we could possibly build from this. I don't want guys picking up the microphone and cutting an unsolicited promo that we didn't ask for because one, the show's timed out a specific way. And two, I need to know what the hell you're going to say, because maybe that's not where we're going to go, you know? Uh, and then even past that stuff, it's uh, you know, we try to, we work with our referees for every show of how our rule set's a little different. There's uh, 20, it's a 20 count out on the ring. There's no 10 count. There's no 20 count on the apron. There's no, there's no five count on the corner. There's no, uh, there's certain things where we try to keep the referee less involved with the match to not stop the action uh, and less vocal and almost there as just like, hey, he's helping guide certain things, but you're not there getting yourself over. You know, nothing pisses me off more. It's, maybe this will give me some heat saying this, but nothing pisses me off more than uh, overactive uh, referees uh, and ring announcers and commentators that are in the business for themselves that are trying to get themselves over. Like, that along with our roles in the back is like booker production uh promoter all of that that is support roles to get the talent over which is going to better the business the commentator is a support role to get the match over the ring announcer is a support role to build up anticipation the referee is a support role to guide the match as it's going along if you're there getting yourself over you're as a support person you're worried about you and not the match and not the show you're fucking up and you're taking away. You're not contributing. I absolutely love that. I, I love that, that that's, that that's how the mentality is there. That's exactly how it should be. And, and I love that. Thanks, man. That's a, I've said that before. Uh, a lot of people tend to agree, but there's, I also have gotten a, a decent amount of heat for my views on that. Cause they're like, Oh, we're a part of the show where this and that it's like, no, I own the company and I'm telling you I'm support staff. Like, it's not about me. It's not about the production. It's not about any of that shit. The, what it's about is the product out in the ring and the people that are doing it because the more over those guys in the ring are, the more merch I sell, the more tickets I sell, the more money I make. That's the business, right? For my end from, selfish a selfish standpoint so why make it about anything else it's not about anything else yeah, you want to get over get over in that way right that's yeah, where you get over in that it, way and it's your and here's the thing at the end of the day mike you know everybody can have their opinion but this is yours yeah so you're gonna give it at the end because at the end of the day you said it earlier is that you try to please everybody you'll please nobody so i love the direction and and it's not about the right or the wrong you explain the why and you guys are all in and i know from being around i mean it's such an honor like to be around and see how you guys uh operate uh before in the communication and i think all these things that we're talking about is lost protected moves you know different band moves changing it up um i mean I, that's what i'm saying is you make it slowly but surely make it your own and you have a vision yeah. and you're following that so I think that as a wrestling fan, when I know like what direction you're you're trying to go in, then it's easier for me to follow that, right? And you know yeah. what? Like, there's no flowers at the end of these matches. Don't be looking for don't be looking for the participation trophy because, like you said, 
it, it, it would just, you know, unless it's, it's done or you want it. So I, I yeah. love, I love, that makes me want to invest more because you're invested in what direction you want to go. Just like if somebody said the exact opposite where it was all about whatever, but at least I know that. Yeah. Right. Then, yeah. then I call you WWE. Be about it. Yeah. Then I call you WWE. Exactly. Right? No, listen, you know, if that's like, what, if that's what you want to do, then just be absolutely. about it. Like we're absolutely. saying like this, we want to get the talent over. That's all we care about. That's why we have one commentator. You know, like we have a single commentator, so it doesn't sound crowded. There's breathing room for people to enjoy the match. One person is doing the job, is capable of doing the job. You know, Joey Styles did it fantastic. And there's a lot of spots where you just heard silence and bumps. And that was what you needed to hear. You know, you didn't need to hear what was going on there. I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, D-Mag said it best. I mean, as a fan, you just got to love it. And Circle Six is definitely in the right direction. You guys are level-headed. You understand what your product is and what you're selling to the fans, and the fans are absolutely loving it. And that's the best thing that you could absolutely have. <clears throat> but before we let you go, uh, does anybody have anything else that they want to ask Mike? I, I don't have a question per se, but you know, I was looking at some of the shows they have announced. I'm I'm loving the names that you guys are coming up with for your show, and I believe you have a show coming up. I think in Texas called Hood Rat Shit with my friends. Yeah, yeah. You you bring that back. You know what automatically clicked was the 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 viral video. Yeah. And I just absolutely <laughs> loved it. You know, the creativity is, and. We all say, and to me, that is part of the storyline. You're being creative. You're you're taking time to put thought into it. And you're not just throwing shit together for the sake of having a show. So, I appreciate that, man. I'm glad you caught that uh, that reference for the viral video. It's like all the shows like just get named based off of either songs we listen to or conversations we've had. Uh, our next LA show uh, is is. I, should, I don't even know if I should say it, but I will because uh, we haven't announced it yet. Our next LA show is called Morally Superior, and it's literally based off of just a conversation I consistently have with my production guy, uh, with, my video, with my TD. And it's, you know, we're just, we're trying to have fun. Like, I, the first interview I ever did talking about Circle Six, the, you know, I think it was for Body Slam, and they asked me, who are you, like, who is the, like, who are you booking these shows for? And I literally, my answer was for me. I really don't care if you don't like it. I know I like it, and there's probably other people out there that like it that think like me. So if we're all having fun, that's really the end of it, you know? It doesn't all have to be serious all the time. Yeah, and that helps with, like, you know, the morale, you know, for yourself to keep yourself grounded, too. You know, like, you're still able to have fun and put inside jokes yeah. out there that only you and your people know. And it's, you know, it, it makes you chuckle, makes you giggle with your friends. Yeah. So that's what it's about, man. I mean, we're not, we're not saving lives here. We're not, we're not doctors. We're not doing anything crazy. Like this is a, a to completely break the wall is a make believe world that we're all doing ridiculous shit in, uh, you know, and I like, sometimes I catch myself like when we're calling these places, trying to get, you know, pains of tempered glass and they're asking us, what we're using it for, what we need. And we tell them, I have to sit back for a second and go, did I, are we really doing this? 
like, <laughs> trying to make money off of it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's like it, it's it's a fantasy world that we're lucky enough to make money off of and try to make a dream a reality. So why take it too seriously? All I want to say, Mike, is that I love what you guys are doing, and you're welcome back on Pro Wrestling Edge anytime you want to come on. Thank you. Anytime you want me or any of, any of the guys, I'm more than happy to sit and talk with you guys. You guys are all awesome and really easy and fun to talk to. We appreciate that. That's what we try to do. Look, look forward to seeing you on Friday. My guys yeah. are going to be ready. Hell yeah. We're going to be ready. No, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you guys on Friday. It's uh, really hot and shitty in L.A. right now, and I'm very excited to get out of here. <laughs> It's not much better here. Don't tell me that, man. I got I got another right twenty four hours until I leave. I want to have some hope before I have hey, but get over to understand. Detroit and get it all crushed. L A. hot is not is not Michigan hot. So yeah, but so people from LA, Hey, listen, it's people from L A. might think it's still snowing here just because we're Michigan. You know. <laughs> I mean, you're not no, wrong. We, 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 are in, we are in full swing of summer. You know what it was today? The heat index was at like ninety eight degrees. You know, so as a big boy. I'm not enjoying it, but welcome to Michigan. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's not, you're actually a little worse off than me. It's 92, but it feels like 105. So I'm either way, I'm looking forward to it. I need a change of atmosphere. I feel like if I don't get out every couple of weeks and, and run, get, get into a show, it's, uh, it's depression starts to sit in. I'm like, we got to keep active. Uh, I think all five of us can agree on that. Yep. So, right. Or- Look forward to seeing you on Friday, bud. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, before you get out, you want to plug the socials for Circle Six and everything else to where if you guys have merch, your social yeah, media yeah. sites, uh, your websites to anybody who could buy tickets in advance if you're doing definitely. that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Instagram is at circle6.co. Twitter is uh, at circle6 underscore co since they don't allow dots in their name. Uh, also, uh, Ticket links, merch, everything is all available at circle6.co. Um, and definitely pay attention to the merch. I can't really say shit about it at this exact moment, other than like we have some really cool stuff coming that nobody's going to expect. Awesome. That's awesome. We absolutely can't wait to see it. We can't wait to see what Friday brings us, what Saturday brings us, and what Circle 6 is going to bring us in the future. Mike, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Darren, thank you so much. Always a blast having you on, hanging out with us. We greatly appreciate it. Hell yeah. Oh, you bet, boys. Look forward thank to you seeing guys. you guys all Friday. Awesome. I'll see you guys later. Thank How's you going? so much, man. All right. We'll catch you guys later. Peace. See we you. out. All right. Can't wait for Circle Six on uh, Friday and Saturday in Detroit and Cleveland. Uh, before we get going, I just want to go over our sponsors uh, so we can get them in. Everything Pro Wrestling Edge and Talking Sports with PWE. You can find it at pwepod.com and at pwepod on all social media. For Edge of the Mind podcast, uh, Facebook group page, Edge of the Mind podcast by PWE and Edge of the Mind um, at Edge of the Mind Pod on, um, on Instagram. Um, couldn't do this without our partners and sponsors. Uh, first off, Roo Psychedelics. Facebook and Instagram, you can find them at Roo Psychedelics. 
Whirlwind Productions Detroit. If you need any podcast production work or voiceover work, they're at Whirlwind Productions DET on Facebook and Instagram, and email them at whirlwindproductionsdet at gmail.com. Uh, Brain Jerk Entertainment, uh, they're more than a podcast. They have so much content. Uh, find them at brainjerk.com. Big Kaz will be in that uh, eating competition next week where he's going to take it home. Um, also, Jayquist Photography, Ronnie, has transitioned from One Love in Life, which was professional wrestling, to photography. Um, you can reach out to him for any of your photography needs on Facebook and TikTok at Jayquist Photography, J-A-Q-U-I-S Photography. Ronnie Jayquist on Instagram, Horror underscore style on Twitter. He wants to build his Twitter up, so go there. He's completely transitioned it now from wrestling to photography, so check him out there. Um, when you go to pwepod.com, there is a link to our Brain Buster T store. You can pick up some Pro Wrestling Edge merch. Um, is there anything else we got, fellas, before we uh, let this one go? Yeah. Nothing. Hey, that was a great show. I had a great time. That was a great show. It was a great time. I can't wait to have Mike on again. That was awesome, man. Right. Don't forget to go out to Gang Green this Friday at the Jam Handy in Detroit. And then you can also catch them in Cleveland for Here to Stay at the Masonic Cleveland Auditorium. Peace. We out. Pro Wrestling Edge would like to thank our partners. Whirlwind Productions Detroit. Rouge Psychedelics. And our sponsors. Brain Jerk Entertainment. Jayquist. Photography. Welcome to the new beginning.